Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey guys, I'm Lydia. Hi, I'm Jesse. And I'm Adam. Let's talk Hoya. everybody today we're going to do another locality deep dive where in the world is carmen san diego where in the world is wait did you change your wi-fi (laughs) (laughs) sorry okay so where in the world is carmen san diego was like a game tv show all of the things i you've never heard of carmen san diego no okay so where are we going Well, this is, I feel like the locality deep dives, there have been several people that have said, oh, they really enjoyed it. And they would like to hear about all the other localities where Hoya are known to be endemic to. And there's large amounts of species from those areas. So um, we did a Borneo episode, which I feel like a lot of people, like we got, you know, a lot of people that said that they enjoyed it and they're like, we want more, we want more. So here it is. And today we are going to talk about Papua New Guinea, which is in Papuasia. Yes. I think it's, um, you know, good for us to kind of explain what all of this entails, because even, you know, like before I got into Hoya, I didn't really know the difference between like Papua New Guinea or Papuasia or Papua or any of those like localities. But a lot of times when we read the publications, they refer to it as Papuasia, which is a botanical region that consists of a variety of different areas in that local area, um, one being Papua New Guinea. And then we have the province of Papua, which is part of Indonesia. There's also the Aru Islands, which is part of the Maluku province, which is also a country in Indonesia. And then there's the Solomon Islands. So those are what consists of Papuasia. But when we refer to Hoya, Hoya specifically are distributed in these parts of Papuasia, which is Papua and the West provinces of Indonesia, Papua New Guinea, and then the Solomon Islands. So when we talk about Papuasia, um, those are generally the areas that we're talking about because that's usually where Hoya are found. And on a map, it's directly north of Australia, Papuasia. And the big island, I think, that's Papua New Guinea and Papua. Papua. So that's Indonesia and they have Papua New Guinea is its own sovereign state, which is kind of wild to think about these giant islands because Borneo was the same way. There was like three different countries that owned Borneo, owned or however you want to say it. But And the crazy thing is, and we had said this in the Borneo episode, but Papua New Guinea is the largest tropical island in the world. It is very large. It is. They said if the sea levels fell, Papua New Guinea would be connected to Australia. There is a, like, there is a a strait, you know, like the Bering Strait connects like Alaska to Russia. Mm-hmm. Underwater, yeah. there's a strait underwater that would connect Australia if the sea levels fell, but they're never going to. Mm. Unless oh, no, Earth, I meant, what I like, meant was like, it used to be part of Australia, like as a country. Oh, it was recognized like, as being like owned by ooh. Australia? No, when, when the land masses were like connected. Mm-hmm. I I read that too, but there is a, they said that. Oh, is it because the sea level was lower? Yeah. And now they're rising because the ice caps are melting? Well, because the ice age like ended. Oh. And then that rose the sea levels. Oh. Isn't that crazy though? But I did hear what you said because they said it was also connected to um, part of Asia. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when, when, if you think, if you subscribe to the idea that all of our, the Pangea, like all of the land on earth was connected at one point in time and then split off because Australia was part of Antarctica and that split off. And then Papua New Guinea, Papuasia split off from Australia like okay, but eons ago. 
not that it's important, you can cut it out, but they established their independence from Australia is what I'm trying to say. Like they were at one point administered or ruled from Australia, even oh. separately from like the physical land con- ever connecting. Yeah. Australia used to like rule them or whatever you want to call it, but they are a sovereign country. That's what I was trying to oh, okay. say. Well, I read that they were connected, but oh, I mean, cool. And that they still are connected if the sea levels went down. In but. a way, all of us are connected. Yeah. Isn't that crazy though? Because when I was doing this research though, I did see a diagram of how it shows like where the sea level is and then it shows below sea level opaque and then it shows all the land that's connected in the areas that we don't see, but it's underwater. I mean, but all those islands around are connected. Like, they're all connected, yeah. but the yeah. water they is They were saying like, about that about Hawaii, too. Yeah. And that's what's going to happen to New York. <laughs> Bang. Florida. <laughs> that's uh, so, so, yeah. So, when it comes to Papua New Guinea, um, because it is the largest tropical island in the world, it's known to have huge amounts of biodiversity um should we talk a little bit about just like the environment of this area you know i i feel like when we were doing a borneo episode they they always said like oh this is the most biodiverse spot Mm -hmm. and i read that still about papua new guinea yeah but it is one of the only tropical islands that actually gets snow because of the elevation and the the glacier that Mm -hmm. it is built off of or that it is contained within the island which is kind of wild to think that a tropical island could have snow. But the highest point of there is, almost, I think, like 14,000 feet. Like, it, that's tall. That's a big mountain. That's a yeah. big glacier. Yeah, but it is like a huge island, and it's known to be dominated by mountain ranges. And the mountains can exceed 3,000 meters above sea level, which, you were like you were saying, is wild like even in borneo they're saying borneo doesn't go above 2200 and so this is going like 800 meters above that i don't know you know exactly how much that is but it sounds like a lot so <laughs> that's what we're gonna it say sounds like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but they say that the because of all the mountain ranges on papua new guinea um and maybe we'll just refer to as png because png is papua new guinea um but it's divided into a southern and a northern half um the southern half is known to be cratonic and the northern half is known to be asserted accreted what do those mean a c c r e t e d Accredited? Ass. Like ass, a university? Ass. Ass. Can you ass, say ass one more time on this podcast, yeah, please? We're just going to lose our clean rating. A sir. Accredited? A threaded, I don't know. Okay. Anyway. I just can't see the words but, you're trying to say. <laughs> but it's basically like different kinds of um, layers that are on the earth. So the cratonic layer, I guess, is like a really old and stable part of the lithosphere of the earth. And it's the top, like the most two top layers of the earth. And it's supposed to be like very, very light and highly viscous um and like a rock type of a nature um and then the northern part is asserted accreted acerated can you can you spell that word out for me a-c-c-r-e-t-e-d accrete 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 what happens to the d use that in a sentence is it accreted can can we get a definition for accreted uh, grow by accumulation or coalescence form of gradual accumulation. So kind of like things have like gradually. So yes. like volcanoes. So yeah. So it's, it's like islands. the group of rocks. And so that kind of terrain is known as like the volcanic or the ocean basins or um, the oceanic plateaus, yeah. volcanic sea mounts. So that's kind of what divides the biggest parts of Papua New Guinea. Which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, it's wild that there's, you know, it's tropical rainforest. And then you also have like glaciers. And then you also have volcanoes. Like you literally have it all. Literally everything. And that little. Uh, but it makes sense because, I mean, it's a huge island, right? Like even when we were talking about Borneo, Borneo is big. And Borneo is only the third biggest island. And this one is the biggest one. So. Is it bigger than like the U.S.? 
I think it's about the size of Cal- like I think California, oh, Papuasia. Okay. Here I was like covers Dang. like an area like California. <laughs> Is it bigger than Texas? <laughs> Um, but there's also, I mean, there's also an area on Papua New Guinea that's considered to be arid, almost like a desert as well. Wow. So like, I mean, they really, they have it all. And we're just like, we're going to check all the boxes. It really is crazy. But much like Borneo, they have the, um, the forests as well as like the lowland rainforests and the montane forests. So it really has a little bit of everything. Um, but they said that, you know, a lot of the main features of Papua New Guinea as an island is there's a lot of different climate zones, but most of them are categorized as either wet or like a monsoonal climate where it has the periods of drought and then periods of wet. Um, and so because of that, there's just like this huge variety of biogeographical zones, um, which supports the richness of species that exist on this island. And there so. is a lot there. I mean, there was a lot of species of just even plants, but also animals um, that I was reading about. And I don't think I'd ever want to go there. What I saw oh. the animals about. <laughs> well, there was one that I don't think this would be scary, but they call it a tree kangaroo. So it must be some sort of like marsupial that lives only in the trees. Oh, but then I there was like, they said there like. was butterflies as big as birds, which would oh, be beautiful my. to see. That would be beautiful and terrifying. Yeah. Right. Like at the same exact time. That's like time. some annihilation crap right there. Yeah. <gasps> okay. But they're okay. The tree kangaroo. Did you just look it up? They're adorable. Okay, so it's, uh, I don't know if I'd go adorable. Yeah, I don't know if I'd go adorable. I mean, if it was nice enough, I would give it a hug. It looks like a koala and a kangaroo kind of like. Or like a rat and a koala had a baby. It looks like a koala and a bear and a kangaroo had a baby because look at that. Look at the tail on that thing. The fur definitely looks very like look at, look inviting. At the, look at the oh, tail. Yeah. Like I'd like to make a sweater out of that. <laughs> That is, Never mind. That, that is not popular opinion these days. <laughs> I would. I'll just have the record state that Mai Tai was sleeping, but the squeal woke him up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the tree kangaroo squeal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's no. kind of cute though. I don't like the tail, but it's cute. I'll I take kinda, that I over. Pet it. What if it's like vicious and you go to pet it? And it's like it's got well, a I mean, pointy shirt. If that that, that would be how Lydia if dies. It came from Australia. It probably will kill you. Its eyes like turn red. And it's like. I mean, sorry, Chloe from Australia, <laughs> but you guys got some scary animals. That is true, though. That is true. Oh, my gosh. Okay. But there are the um, elevations. Oh, the lower, the, the lowland forests and then the lower montane forests, mm-hmm. which is where they find most of the biodiversity of Hoya species on the island. Um, and so like we had said from, you know, the Borneo episode, the lowland forests are like, it's a great habitat for Hoyas, right? Because it's usually covered by trees. It's shaded. It has like the understory with a lot of different shrubs. Humid AF. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then there's areas where, you know, if it's by like a stream or a river, like there's morning mist that comes and there's light that shines through um, and there's canopies. And so that's like a favorite of Hoya, right? And it's the same in Papua New Guinea, but also in the lower montane forests where um, there's more like cloud coverage. And although the temperatures are lower, there's a lot of like leaf litter and peat and organic matter that oxidizes there that Hoya can, you know, get nutrition from and things like that. So those are also um, characteristics of Papua New Guinea. But Unlike Borneo, like you were saying, there's some like drastic bio diverse areas not seen anywhere else when it comes to like a tropical rainforest. And one of those, like you were saying, is like those upper Bontine forests where it's super cold. They get snow um, and it goes upwards to, you know, 3000 meters above sea level, which is crazy. And they said that they haven't seen any Hoya there. And I don't know if that's because, I mean, there probably are no Hoya there, but I also don't know, like, how many people have actually gone up there Yeah, because I don't know how far it is. Because, like, on Mount Everest, people try to climb that and they literally don't make it, you know, so. Yeah. Um, 
I'm trying to think. I went skiing in Canada at this resort called Nakiska. And I don't know how high it is, Mm -hmm. but when I was up at the top of the mountain on the ski lift, like all of the trees just disappeared. Like every bit of flora. That's crazy. Was gone. So I'm, I'm guessing there's probably nothing up there. Yeah. And that's not even at like, they say starting at about 2,600. Oh yeah. 7,500 feet was Nikiska. And they said that the highest point there is 14,000 feet. So that's double this. Oh my yeah. gosh. So they wow. say like it really ends at like 2,600 starting at 2,600. They consider that sub alpine levels and there's just like nothing to be found there, which makes yeah. sense. Cause yeah. that's dry, cold, not a good environment. Yeah. That's really crazy. But also because it is an Island, they also have the shorelines, which is crazy to think like you have like, <laughs> these alpines and then if you go all the way to sea level there's beaches yeah <laughs> yeah it's like when we drive from when we drive from flagstaff down to phoenix yeah. like it's like we're in the forest on the complete desert it's absolutely crazy but they were saying that the shorelines um there's not a ton of hoya to be found there because it's not great conditions right like it's very rough and there's saline winds from the ocean water Really, really strong sun exposure, very, very little shade. But they said that some Hoya do live there and the ones that do like thrive and they're growing abundantly. And so they were saying when the first expeditions were happening in Papua New Guinea, um, most of the species were the ones that were found at the shoreline were the first ones that were um, collected and, you know, made into herbarium sheets because that's just what they saw and they were everywhere. So one of the things that, Papua New Guinea is known for is their mangrove trees. And actually they have the highest mangrove diversity, but I bet that's down by the shoreline. I mean, the whole freaking Island is just wet, 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 (laughs) but mangrove trees are, they like exist in swamps, you Mm -hmm. know, mangrove areas. But, um, I can't, I don't know where that is actually on the Island though, but I'm guessing it's close to the shoreline. It has to be. Or, yeah, I mean, you never know. Maybe it could even be in, um, like, the lower, the the lowland forests. Because oh, usually, yeah. like, in Borneo, that's where the dipterocarp trees are, in the lowland forests. So maybe instead there's the, the mangrove trees. Because they did say that it's it's either very wet here or it has some of the more monsoonal weather so which was always weird to me when we when i first moved to arizona and i and like we have a monsoon season and i was like how does arizona have monsoons because in my head monsoon just means like pouring rain yeah you think of monsoons i think like hurricane type weather um but i guess it just means it rains every once in a while (laughs) it's like a couple of drops of rain and then arizona's going it's raining outside guys And those creosote bushes just start emitting that scent. That's Perfect. my favorite, though. The wet dirt smell. Mm-hmm. Smell yeah. the creosote. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love that. But because, you know, like we said earlier, um, just the biodiversity of the island, there's so many different Hoya that can be found on Papua New Guinea. Um And I was just reading and going through like the different things. And when I was reading through this, it made me realize, okay, like we just got lucky last year with all the publications that came out, but these things take a long time. (laughs) Yes, they do. (laughs) Because I noticed, and I don't know why it's just now that I had noticed, but one of the articles that we read last year was the um, Papuasia Hoya revision number two. And that was in 2022. But number one was published in 2017. Wow. Bam. Five years after. Yeah. That's how long it take, how, how long it took to put out number two. Isn't that crazy? That is wild. That was done by Rada, correct? And Mikkel Rada and Nathalie Simmons, Simonson. So um, as of right now, the the regions or localities that are pretty like well known to have a lot of diverse Hoya species is the um, Malaysian islands, um, Philippines and Borneo and New Guinea is one of them as well. But it's definitely one that's being researched currently. Like there's not, there's a lot of information, but it's not like 
fully comprehensive yet. Um, but in 1996, um, there was a gentleman, um, Foster, who speculated that there were 74 Hoya species that was found in Papua New Guinea. Um, but we know as of 2022 from the most recent revision that's come through, there are 67 recognized Hoya taxa from Papua New Guinea five of which are subspecies. And then there's six species that they're not 100% sure. Um, they're doubtful whether it is or isn't Hoya, but there's just not enough like complete specimen or type material for them to make that determination. So Wow. Does that mean, is that because it was a, in cultivation and not really pulled from in situ? Like what they were analyzing to an herbarium sheet? It's like, yeah, it's Possibly. it's like a lot of different things. So some of them, you know, they're just herbarium sheets from way back in the day. I mean, I was finding some Papua or Papua, Papuasia or Papua New Guinea um, Hoya that was published back in like 1913. And so all they have is, yeah. So then all they have are the herbarium sheets and, um, you know, 2010, I believe is when a lot of botanists like really took the time to like live out in the Papua provinces to do more research on Hoya. But at that time there were some where they couldn't even find them in nature. So it's hard to, it's hard to say like, Oh, what is this? You know? Yeah. So I was, as I was trying to like think about Papua New Guinea Hoya species, and I didn't want to take like one that Jesse loves, <laughs> the New Guinea ghost. Um, but I was just reading a lot about like the botanists, and it was a lot of German botanists that were like exploring that. And then there was some, there's some questioning on a lot of herbarium sheets were destroyed. There was like a bombing in Berlin's herbarium. <gasps> Uh, museum oh. in the World War Two, mm-hmm. and so like it's just it we it's it's sad to think that war. I mean, I know war is destructive, insanely destructive, but that it took out like probably a bunch of research because, like you said, that was from like mm-hmm. 1913. That that one German botanist was doing a lot of Papua New Guinea stuff. So, womp. That is really crazy, though. So it's 65. Sp- 67 species, five subspecies from the la- the latest that we know. From the latest that we know. Correct. But you know what was really interesting to me, though, was um, when we were talking about the Borneo and Hoya, there were, I mean, there's so many species from Borneo. As of what we know right now, there's 85 species and four subspecies, but only 50 of them are endemic to Borneo. But when it comes to... Papuasia and the Hoya from Papua New Guinea, of those 67 Hoya, 90% of them are endemic just to Papua New Guinea. Wow. Hello, Let's Talk Hoya family. We want to take a moment to share the exciting news of our official launch for exclusive content, aka Peduncle Pals. Through your support, we will be able to keep this podcast going, but also connect with all of you listeners in a more meaningful way. By becoming one of our peduncle pals, you'll gain access to two additional After Chat episodes a month, some listener shoutouts, special events, and our exclusive Facebook group. We can't wait to continue to grow this Hoya community with you peduncle pals and hope you join us. You can subscribe via the link on our show notes or our Instagram bio. We're so happy you guys have been joining us to talk about Hoya. And this podcast is truly a passion project of ours. And we're just excited to continually grow this community of you lovely Hoya people. And if you've been enjoying our episodes recently, we would love to hear from you through a positive review. And I know we say this a lot, but they do mean the world to us. And your reviews really do help get us into other Hoya lovers ears. And it helps this podcast grow. You can also follow us at Let's.TalkHoya on Instagram, where our show notes are linked in the bio. But if you're not an IG girly, you can find our show notes in the description of each episode. Now, let's get back to this episode. So Papua New Guinea Hoyas, they have the Ascension Mm -hmm. number PNG, as you stated, right? 
Not or that's locality information. Yeah. Species so, PNG. Mm-hmm. So I know, um, and even, you know, they were saying like these days, there's a lot of Hoya coming from Papua New Guinea that they just haven't had a time to research yet. And they'll start circulating in market before then. And since they don't have a name, people will, you know, put the locality information. So PNG from Papua New Guinea, or even what it was like a couple of years ago, we had the species Papua for like the IM Hoya. I, yeah. And then like Medusa even at one point gotten as um, species Papua, even Lucantha at one point was, was just species Papua. So um, it's just like locality information. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But... I think, I think Papua New Guinea is like one of my favorite regions because they're saying that there's several morphological extremes that they assess in Papua New Guinea. One of them being that in Papua New Guinea, they found the smallest leaf Hoya, which is the Hoya microphylla. You have that. I don't have that one. That one, the leaves are so, 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 so tiny. I mean, they are... Like when you have a new leaf coming in and it's just like the tiny leaf that you see, that's yeah. how small they are. But there's microphylla, microstemma, and then... Um, micro. No, I think it's micro. Okay. <laughs> I think this happened in our last episode. Or the one that I just uploaded. Yeah. Okay. I think this one is micro. Micro. Okay. Yeah. That's really weird, but okay. I know. It is kind of, it is kind of here, weird to hear micro. I think so, but I'm not sure. That's just how I'm saying. But there's micro, microphylla, micro um, stemma, and then there's another one. But anyway, smallest leaves. And then they're also known to have some of the Hoya with the largest flowers, like Lauderbachii and Hoya gigas mm-hmm. are found from Papua New Guinea. But the thing that really gets me most excited, and I've realized that a lot of the Hoya on my wish list are Hoya from Papua New Guinea because a lot of the species are known to have the large campanulate or ursulate corollas. Yeah. And they were saying that's really unique to Papua New Guinea because usually in like the Bornean or the Philip, the um, Philippine Hoya, most of those Hoya have reflexed or revolute corollas, and only some of the species have the campanulate blooms. But to see that so many of the species in Papua New Guinea have those big campanulate flowers is like, oh, beautiful, because those are my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> my goal is to have more of those bloom in my collection. There are literally just so many of them, and a lot of them are on my wish list. So. So we'll get there eventually. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> because the, the animals Adam was saying. Could you imagine the insects that are maybe there? I, if it's wet, there's going to be some mosquitoes. And I'm a mosquito magnet. Are you? Yeah. Same though. I'm but, like, I'm like, they call each other. Like, hey, there's a block of sugar here. You can <laughs> come get it. This girl doesn't drink any water. This is some thick. Yeah. This is some <laughs> thick blood. I don't know what it is, but it's, we got a milkshake walking down, people. <laughs> yeah, thick milkshake. Oh my gosh. Okay, but when Jesse and I were in Alaska, I was like, "There's no mosquitoes in Alaska. It's cold." And we went on a hike, and literally, like Jesse was slapping mosquitoes off of me because they were following me. Mm-hmm. They weren't following me because I had the because I did my research and my sister in law told me about the mosquitoes. <laughs> So I bought this citronella bracelet that I now carry on my bag everywhere. <laughs> literally repelled all my mosquitoes. Really? It literally did. And she took it from me for a bit and I was like, I can't handle this. Give me my bracelet back. <laughs> but they were literally like, fo- you could yeah, see them following you could see me. Them in the air following you. So I'm sure if I went to Papua New Guinea, I'd, I'd end up getting like. You can just wear a suit. Bro, I wonder if that could be a diet for me. Like I just go to Papua New Guinea and get all the blood sucked out of <laughs> But there's so many different kinds of Hoya from Papua New Guinea. And I feel like a lot of them are new to us. Some of them I do see in market, but there's a lot of them where it's like, oh, I've never seen anybody like sell one of those. Um, but what are, what are, what's a Hoya that you guys saw from Papua New Guinea that you're like, ooh, that one's cute. Mine came from my man, Doug, at Vermont Hoyas. Uh-huh. Um, 
I was I was going to talk about the patella, but then I was like, I couldn't find a publication about the patella. I could find one, but it was in German. Um, Same for German. me too, though. Yeah, <laughs> it was from that Schlechter guy. Yeah, I wanted to do the microfilla, mm-hmm. and then it took me 30 minutes to get to the article to click on it for it to not be in English. <laughs> yeah, so no. Um, but I wanted to talk about the Hoya Magnifica which I actually hadn't heard of until I was researching. And this was done by a publication with um, David Little and Forster or Foster, David Foster. Uh, were they both Davids? Why am I thinking that's not right? But I think they are the Davids. There was one time in an episode where we were saying both of them are Davids, remember? Yeah, okay. Um, what was that, Hoya? Magnifica. And the entomology for the name is just based on the large, <gasps> it's large flowers. Look at those flowers. So I would say. Do I have this on my wish list? <laughs> Let me see. I would say that the cool, leaf. Cool, you have a the leaf, right there. Put a Magnifica. The leaf shape of the Magnifica <laughs> is a lot like what I would say, like Lauterbachii, Salata. Like it has these ovate, um, elliptic to ovate shaped leaves and they're fuzzy. They're pubescent. They're slightly pubescent on the the top side of the leaf and then very fuzzy on the bottom side of the leaf. The leaf just kind of looks plain Jane. I mean, I love a fuzzy leaf, but where where the the star of the show is is the flowers. And those flowers can be deceiving from pictures, but they're one and a half to two inches wide they're in diameter. Huge. There's a photo that I'm looking at and someone's hands up against the the bloom. And it's like That's covering Doug. like, oh my gosh, it's like covering like two of like his fingers. Yeah. And it's white Corolla and a white Corona. But the Corona is a little different because the star in the Corona, the star on the inside, it's very narrow at the, then the middle. And then at the ends of it, it's rounded and turned up almost like the petal of, I don't know how to explain it. But it's really gorgeous. Oh, they're not flat. They do come up. It almost looks like a spoon. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, it's like an egg drop spoon. It's really unique, um, and it's supposed to smell really good. So, well, I just added that to my wish list. So, <laughs> thank you. Well, my home is actually said to be impossible to tell apart from the one you just talked about, Magnifica, which is Hoya Calcina. Oh, okay. Um, the leaves are supposed Why to... I swore you were going to do New Guinea Ghost. Well, I was going to, but um, the instructions said not one we regularly talk about. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> that, like, literally, the moment she said it, I was like... <gasps> no. And then I was like... <clears throat> well, let's talk about New Guinea Ghost real quick, though, because it was a it was found in Papua New Guinea in and the wild. it's not a mutation. Although a, lo- a lot of the places I looked on were calling it a mutation, but... It is said to have been found as is in the wild. Yeah. Silver. Just a silver Hoya just chilling. Which, okay, which I don't know if y'all have been on the Facebook group recently, but there are people from the last one to two years who bought random obscure seeds. Yeah. They grew them. And they are silver. No. And yeah. yeah, and it was just this past week. So we're in like the last week of August right now. Yeah. And it was just this past week. Somebody random on Instagram posted one. And today I have seen three other people who have randomly purchased Obscura seeds and they grew silver leaves. That's wild. And tell me why that was the time I was into seeds and I didn't buy it because like, it's just an obscura. That's what you get for calling things basic. That's right. Because she's always saying that. And me, I'm like, I'm kind of over Silver Hoya. What did that have to do with New Guinea Ghost? (laughs) Because like New Guinea Ghost, like, I mean, it had to start somewhere. It it wasn't just like, boop, like it, you know, had to grow from a seed. And so I'm just saying, you know, it's possible that nature does that. Okay, so you, Jesse, are doing, I'm sorry, Hoya Calcina. Calcina. Or Calicina. Okay. C-A-L-Y-C-I-N-A. Anyway, the leaves pretty much look like, like an astralis to me, but they're super fuzzy, which point one point for her because I love that. But the leaves, the flowers just reminded me so much of a lemon tree before it like fruits that I really <laughs> love that. Um the the flowers are not huge like the magnificum 
that you were just talking about, Adam, but they are pretty. They're white and they've got the pink blush towards the middle. And then the Corolla itself is just white, creamy. Looks like a toothfish. Spoon shape too. Like yeah, the same as the other one. Yeah. Uh-huh. But um, I was looking at Vermont Hoya and he was saying it's pretty easy. Hoya to grow. Um, it's pubescent, fuzzy. I see it as more pinkish center, but he describes it as red. But I'm going to trust his eyes more because I'm a little bit colorblind. <laughs> but, it looks um, like almost like red hot pink. It's yeah. definitely not like a blush pink. Yeah. And it, he says on here it's very fragrant um, and can infuse your house with a beautiful lilac scent, which I think <gasps> would be amazing Gasp. to be able to bloom in my house. Because Okay. His video of it, Calcina Stargazer. Mm-hmm. It's so pretty. Yeah. I mean, even just the the leaf of that, it, it since it's pubescent, it looks a little matte and almost looks mm-hmm. like it's dull. But I kind of love it. Yeah. It's almost kind of how um, like Waterbakia is and like that super pubescent. Like you can just feel mm-hmm. how fuzzy it is type and of pubescence. He said it's in his top 10 list of must own Hoyas. Well, so that one's moving up on my wish list. Well, we better own that one. Yeah. That, it actually is really pretty. Yeah. But I like, I, I want to smell that lilac list. scent because so many Hoyas have the gardenia scent to me. Yeah. So. It would be, it would be interesting to smell the lilac. Now, you didn't get to smell it because you weren't here, but the, the UPT Mayumi, no, Malixi, mm-hmm. the UPT hybrid, mm-hmm. uh, flowered, and it smelled like ginger. Really? Sweet ginger. Yeah. Almost like how ginger ale smells. Mm. It was like the, I've never smelled a white flower it? like this. Oh yeah, I did. Did you she bite was, it? She was juicy with that drippy drip juice juice. It was. I looked at two, but it wasn't super sweet what? for some reason. That's two. Oh, sorry, Slurp Hater. Love yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> One per episode. <laughs> All right. I'll allow it. Uh, Okay, so we need to find this one. Yeah, I feel like we really need to put this one up on the I have wish seen list. such a variation in the flowers. Like some of them look kind of all over dull pink with a very bright pink center. I've seen white. Lydia, this is like your least favorite flower, isn't it? I don't like these. They kind of remind me of like Australis flowers, kind of. Well, it's like it's like a claw. Just the shape of it. Mm-hmm. It's not my favorite. But... It is other people's. I'm just saying it's not mine since you asked me. She's not yucking our yarn. <laughs> All right, Lydia, what's your uh, Hoya? Oh, also, I wanted to ask, did you, did your guys's have any kind of um, conservation notes on it by chance? No. I mean, my the publication I did was by Little and Foster and it didn't have any conservation. Mm, okay. Um, but the Hoya that I chose has been on my wish list for the past year now, ever since I heard about it on this publication. Um, but it's Hoya Evelyne. And Hoya Evelyne was one that was published in the recent um, Papua Revision Number no. Two in 2022 by Nathalie Simonson and Mikel Rada. But the foliage itself. You know, she ain't a looker, um, has very, very um, elliptic ovate leaves, and the leaf is very coriaceous. Not really um, like a venation that you can see, no pubescence, anything like that. Honestly, it reminds me a lot of like a campanulata or like a danumensis type of a leaf shape, but the bloom is freaking gorgeous. Okay, I need to look it up. Well, can you spell that again, Yes, Hoya? Evelyne is E-V-E-L-I-N-A-E. That is gorgeous. Oh. Isn't it? So it's a campanulate flower. They say it's almost rotate because it reflexes just a little bit more. But the... Um, <laughs> I'm the, sorry, but it looks like a badly drawn straw, a, a badly drawn star <laughs> to me. Like, that's what I used to draw stars like when I was like in third grade. <laughs> it's cute, but I, all I see is that. I'm like, uh, see, all I see is the starfish from Finding Nemo. Yeah, oh my gosh, stop. He made it. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, okay, yeah. well, I think it's a beautiful flower. The Corolla, which is in the eye of the beholder, my friend. The Corolla, which is the outer part of the flower, is this pale, wonky pink (laughs) color. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) Um, 
but the Corona is a creamy yellow with a very like maroon center to it. And I think it is such a beautiful, beautiful flower. And they said that it is like thinly pubescent. So I'm thinking if you like look really close, maybe there's some pubescence that can be observed on it. Um, but I didn't see that there's any kind of scent noted so i don't know what the scent might be but this one they're saying is named after miss evelina erickson who is um very loved by someone (laughs) (laughs) unlike me (laughs) she was a member of the swedish hoya society i believe um passed away in 2009 but named after her because um she was a supporter of png works um but this one is critically endangered Hoya. So who knows if I'll ever get it in my collection, which if I don't, that's okay because critically endangered. But but they say that it's not observed in very many places. It's only known to be in two places and that's the Crater Mountain and Black River in West Province of um, Papuasia. So... I mean, it is in cultivation, though, because Doug has that one. I'm looking at it to, on Vermont Hoya. Slide into Doug's DMs or something. Evelyn A. <laughs> um, what do you need, Doug? City. But yeah. But probably, though, because Nathalie Simonson has been pretty good, I think, about um, collecting the type specimens and keeping them in collection. But also, you know, they've been good about trying to send them to botanical gardens um, for preservation and also growing them out, flowering them for research purposes. So, yeah. Oh, it's so pretty. Isn't it gorgeous? I really want to know what it smells like. We'll just have to book you a flight to Papua New Guinea <laughs> next week. Um, but those are the ones that caught our attention. And there are so many others. And we'll go ahead and link some articles for Hoya in Papuasia um, in our show notes. But, you know, research for Papuasia is ongoing. And just doing this episode, I realized that it takes decades of work because I was reading it was in 2006 that they started looking at the herbarium materials to be studied to be revised and from 2006 and part two just came out in 2022 so it's freaking wild it does take time hopefully they get to them before anything happens to where they're just going to be gone you know yeah but I know that Nathalie Simonson her specialty research area is Papua New Guinea and she spent six years between 2010 to 2016 in the provinces of Papua to conduct major research for yeah and not just Hoya but a lot of other you know types of flora and fauna and the same with Mikel Rada one of his study areas currently is also Papua New Guinea so I'm excited that Maybe there's going to be more information to come out. Who knows? Who knows? But, you know, it takes time because they were saying that, um, you know, any live plants or rare plants that they were able to locate in situ, they would relocate them to the Lay Botanic Garden and Singapore Botanic Gardens where they grow them out. But also they're working on flowering them to be able to see like oh is this actually going to be classified as a hoya and um since that they've had those hoya in cultivation um two of them that were published in 2022 were ones that they actually flowered in cultivation and then they were able to classify them as hoya and publish them um and i've been telling adam this but which one is it it's the microdwarf that's what it is the micro microdwarf which they found i believe it was sometime in like 2010 maybe 2016 around there but no one's flowered it yet that they know of let's get adam a cutting no i assure you it'll flower in like three weeks (laughs) (laughs) wouldn't that be fun though yeah wouldn't it because right now people are calling it a hoya but then some people are speculating that it's a dishidia oh the drama but how are we gonna know nobody who has it is said to have flowered it yet, so... Okay, but can I say something brave yet controversial? What? Don't say it. <laughs> uh, the Hoya Hushgaliana blooms look very akin to a Dishidia. 
Beep that out. I, I mean, they do uh, to me. Like the urn shape. I think a lot of the urn shape type of Hoya blooms are like that because a lot of the Deschutia blooms are kind of encased or enclosed yeah. in that type of a way. So like Insularis also. Yes. But like Insularis, we know they did DNA testing. I know. Yeah. So I'm going to trust, so it's like the, wild, gonna trust right? science. But I mean, even if it does flower, it could still be a Hoya and have a weird Deschutia-esque flower. You never know. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see so the ones out there, they were able to find, you know, they're still studying them, but there are also ones where they only have the herbarium species on the sheets alone. And they haven't been able to get any kind of cultivated material, like from that time period that they were in the forest starting 2010, um, they just haven't been able to find them. So, um, it'll be interesting to see what becomes of that even. Wow. wow. I think they need to look harder. Yeah. Just saying. I feel yeah. like there should be a program where like if your teenager is a bad teenager. <laughs> like <laughs> You send them to Papua New Guinea. Yeah, you send them to Papua New Guinea and like don't come back until you find this Hoya. And like I feel like all the insects and like animals and like weird forest <laughs> things will educate these kids back into behaving and then the Into whole world will win could you imagine Good luck with the catch me monkeys. outside how about that girl <laughs> in Papua New Guinea? yeah exactly <laughs> hey i'm just saying i need these i need i need i need these hoyas found um, but and it's like a free trip like <laughs> i don't know it looks like i would do that i would do that i'll sign up for it yeah uh, but they were saying that the hopes is that um, the Hoya species or even just flora fauna of Papua New Guinea or Papuasia in general is going to go a lot quicker because now there's publications out for them. Whereas before, I mean, even a couple de decades ago, there wasn't. And so there's a lot more botanists that are now gaining interest, but also the hobby yeah. itself is. But I thought I read something about how like there's mm -hmm. some parts of um, Papua New Guinea that are very protected and very like, um, like designated as like, no, don't mess with this because it's, we're protecting it for, for like poachers and poachers things like that. that. I think botanists are allowed to go in there though, just for like mm. studying. Right. But yeah, I think, I think they are trying to protect some of, cause it's uh, a lot of primary tropical forest, like forests that have existed for yeah. since the beginning of time and they want to make sure it stays, which I think is great. Yeah. yeah. But there's still but, quite a bit of logging there. But going. let me come through guys. <laughs> Okay. What? Like, like, protect it, but let me come oh. through. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were about to be like, let me come through with that facts. knowledge. <laughs> yeah, the facts. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I hope y'all enjoyed this episode on Papuasia, Papua New Guinea. I feel like these locality, like sometimes I'm like, oh, I wonder what we're going to learn. They're all just tropical forests. And then once you read about them and do research on them, it's just really amazing the diversity and the different Hoya that come from all different parts of the world, you know? So yeah. this was and a if, fun one. And if any of our listeners are from Papua New Guinea... Or go there often. <laughs> and you have a pictures. floor that we can sleep on. I won't even ask for a couch yeah. or like literally just give me a pillow. Or and two call trees it a day. in your backyard where I can hang out my hammock. Because I <laughs> carry a hammock. And let me tell you guys, that thing is like, mm, I've had some of my best naps in my life oh, in my hammock. Seriously. Okay, We're why does best. something tell me though that we don't want to be hammocking in Papua New Guinea between two trees? Uh, I'll bring a mosquito net. I'm good. I mean, I'd snuggle up to a tree kangaroo. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I'll bring Ty in my machete. Then I'll be good. <laughs> um, excuse me. Okay, it's actually no. pronounced machete. Oh, thank <laughs> you. I really needed that all my life. Where have you been? Um. <laughs> you get um there's <laughs> i just want the okay. public to know that adam just mansplained machete to me and his mic literally just jumped off the table and fell let me see let me see let me see okay also google bugs of papua new guinea look at that spider can you imagine that crawling on like on your neck and just being like Hi, yeah good I, morning, I, babes. I am not <laughs> hammocking there's just no freaking way okay but that's what a mosquito net is for nothing smaller than that the little holes on that can come on you they'll surround it and wait for you to wake up in the morning 
They'll be like, breakfast is served. This isn't fair. I can't talk because my microphone's down. Because that's what you get. <laughs> oh. Oh La. my gosh. Is this the butterfly you were talking about? La araña pequeña. That looks like a moth. Um, yeah, that looks like a moth. But yeah. yes, the pig. All right. Anyway, um, I'm curious. So I do have the Hoya Medusa because I got it from you. But what are some other like Papua New Guinea Hoyas that we might have in our collection? Mm. I'm trying to think. So Medusa, it, maybe not Papua New Guinea, but that was species Papua, 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 Papua. I know that there's a lot that I want. <laughs> Onachoides came from there. From, New Guinea goes. Oh, Stenake. Oh, Lucantha is a big one right now. Potsii also came from Papua New Guinea. <gasps> Paradisiae. I feel like Paradisiae is the Hoya of 2023. And that one came from Papua New Guinea? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so listeners, head over to Instagram, tag us. Show us your Papua New Guinea Hoya because yeah. I want to see. So anything that you have that with the the location information, PNG, or some of the ones we mentioned. And you can just do you can just do a Google search of your Hoya and put K-E-W at the end. And it can pull up publications. And some of them, I mean, some of them are published in like 1913, right? Yeah. And so, hey, your Hoya could be. One from Papua New Guinea. You do a little Google search. But don't forget to head over to Instagram and follow us. We're at Let's.TalkHoya over there where we have our show notes. We'll have story posts for today's episode. Um, and you can just catch up on past Instagram stuff. And you can also follow us individually on Instagram. My handle is at NotDude. I'm at TheGreenPlant.az. And I'm at Perritos y Plants. Adios. Adios. Bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.